The scripture reading is from Romans chapter 15, verses 7 through 13. Welcome one another, therefore, just as Christ has welcomed you to the glory of God. For I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the circumcised on behalf of the truth of God in order that he might confirm the promises given to the patriarchs and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, therefore I will confess you among the Gentiles and sing praises to your name. And again he says, rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the people praise him. And again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse shall come, the one who rises to rule the Gentiles. In him, the Gentiles shall hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. The word of God for the people of God Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Holy God, send your spirit upon us, that as your scripture has been read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what it is you have to say to us this day. Amen. So every year, Jimbo and I plant a vegetable garden. Now, I know I've talked to you about this several times before, but I thought it was worth revisiting today. This planting of a vegetable garden started years ago when we lived in Cheyenne and we lived on two and a half acres and we needed to do something with all of that open land. In those first days, I regularly, regularly got myself banished from the garden for pulling up the wrong weeds. I mean, how was I supposed to know the difference between a watermelon vine and a weed, like a creeping weed? I, I didn't know at the time. I know now. Over the years, I've gotten just a little bit better, a little bit more proficient with those plants and a little bit more confident. And the last couple of years, we've had a pretty decent vegetable garden with the crop of the usual garden variety vegetables until the year 2020. Like most things this year, our garden did not go as planned. We thought we knew what plants needed to go where in our garden to get the most sun or just kind of be in the right position. We thought we knew which plants needed a little bit more room in its particular box. We thought we knew which plants might be aided in kind of planting in some of those helper flowers like marigolds. And I watered every single day. Now we did have a little issue with our drip system. This may be the reason why, but Jim tried to pick, fix it like three different times and I was like, that's all right. I know how to garden. I'm gonna water every day. In the end, after months of cautious care and working with this garden, 
We cultivated one stunted zucchini and a sad handful of tomatoes. And if that is not a metaphor for 2020, I don't know what is. These days, it seems like we expend a lot of energy for living and connecting or even just going to the store with not much yield. For instance, our church staff is working so hard to provide for our community um, virtual worship services and all sorts of other Advent resources to make your home, your holidays at home as the most that they can be. And in the end, it takes you know two or three or five times the amount of creativity and work and really yields not what we want, right? <laughs> Because what we really want is to gather together in person. We want to give each other hugs and handshakes and see people we haven't seen in a while. We want to light candles together and sing silent night with one another. And that just can't happen this year. I know that you probably have your own examples of um, putting in a lot of work for something in life or with your job, and it just yields kind of, eh, not exactly what you wanted. Today, this Sunday before Thanksgiving, we consider gratitude. Diana Butler Bass writes, gratitude is not only an emotion, it is something we do. It's like tending a garden. It takes planting and watering and weeding. It takes time and attention. It takes learning. It takes routine. But eventually, the ground yields. Shoots come forth. And Thanksgiving blooms. And I love that idea especially during a time when we consider the abundant harvest and giving thanks for all that we have. But this year, it seems especially difficult to ponder what we have when it's so glaring in our faces what we don't have. Opportunities to gather with family, parties or church with friends. The freedom to celebrate many well-loved traditions, open conversations, equal rights for all, peace on earth. In her books, The Gifts of Imperfection, Brene Brown talks about cultivating gratitude and joy. In her research, she talks about the origins of the words gratitude and joy and how they are different from happiness. She shares this. The Greek word for happiness is makarios, which was used to describe the freedom of the rich from normal cares and worries or to describe a person who received some sort of good fortune, such as money or health. Now, the Greek word for joy is Cairo. Cairo was described by the ancient Greeks as the culmination of being and the good mood 
of the soul. Cairo is something the ancients, ancient Greeks tell us that is found only in God and comes with virtue and wisdom. It isn't a beginner's virtue, it comes at the culmination. They say its opposite is not sadness, but fear. Brene Brown goes on to connect the idea of fear to scarcity, or the idea that what we have and what we do is not enough. She writes, these are anxious and fearful times. And my goodness, she wrote this book in 2010. How would she know that 10 years later, these are super anxious and super fearful times? Both of which breed scarcity. We're afraid to lose what we love the most. We hate that there are no guarantees. We think not being grateful and not feeling joy will make it hurt less. We think if we can beat vulnerability to the punch by imaging loss, we'll suffer less. We're wrong. What do we do then with this fear, with this feeling of not having enough or missing out or just plain blah? Last week, our church's prayer and care team met via Zoom to lift up the prayer concerns of our congregation and to pray for our church and community and world. We each checked in on the Zoom call, and most of us were just like, we're okay, we're okay, which led to the prayer concern of the general blasé of our friends and families and communities. A couple of months ago, um, we started in September, we started hearing kind of, you know, in the general media or Facebook or those sorts of things, the idea of the six-month wall. I might have even talked about it one Sunday. It's a concept articulated by Professor Aisha Ahmad, who shares that the six-month mark in any sustained crisis is always difficult. We have all adjusted to this new normal that might now feel like we're running out of steam. Yet at best, we are only one-third of the way through this marathon. How can we keep going? First, she says, in my experience, this is a very normal time to struggle or slump. I always hit a wall six months into a tough assignment in a disaster zone. The desire to get away or make it stop is intense. I've done this many times. And at six months, it's like clockwork. So what are her solutions? Go easier on yourself. Don't expect to be especially happy or be at your most creative. Take some time. Rest. Read a book. Turn off the news. Know that this will not last forever. It might feel like it will, but it won't. 
So I figure today, this Sunday before Thanksgiving, is a perfect time for us as a community of faith to cultivate some thanksgiving. It's time to seed our hearts and lives with practices that will sustain us through this season. As a people of faith, we are called to regularly give thanks to God and offer divine divine praise because God loves us and asks us to. And the extra special good news is that our God is a God for all people. As Paul exclaims in the scripture that Greg read for us a little bit earlier, our God cares for the Jews and the Gentiles, and all the people praise God for God's love and promise to the whole world. And best yet, we remember the prophet Isaiah foretold that the root of Jesse will spring up, one who will arise to rule over the nations, and in him all Gentiles will hope. We give thanks because God loves us. We rejoice because God has promised a savior that will bring wholeness to us and to the world. We are grateful because in Christ, God's promises are fulfilled. Our faith reminds us over and over and over that this is never the end. There is always a new day. There is always a fresh beginning. There is always hope for gardens that have had bad years, knowing that there are new years to come and fresh yields to be celebrated. 